the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 1280 The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. With SRN News, I am Michael Harrington in Washington. Still searching for bodies and hopefully survivors in the wreckage of that collapsed condo tower in Miami. Nine dead, over 150 missing. One family has found some comfort, though, while the search continues for their grandmother. Miami resident Mike Noriega is on the scene of the collapsed condo building where his 92-year-old grandmother, Hilda, lived on the sixth floor. It was so hard to process because it was like something that's you're supposed to see in a movie but you're never supposed to see in reality. Amazingly, he found a birthday card that was sent to his grandmother flying in the debris. I mean, what are the chances that that would happen? Uh, I just feel like it's really God's way of comforting us to say, either way, whatever happened with your grandmother, she's okay. I'm Shelley Adler. This is SRN News. Mark Levin has a good idea. Rather than get rid of the filibuster, I have a different idea. Why don't we get rid of the Democrat Party, since it's the Democrat Party that has abused the filibuster in the name of slavery, in the name of segregation, in the name of Jim Crow, Anti-Civil Rights Act of 65. The filibuster rule in and of itself isn't discriminatory. It's not racist. The Democrat Party throughout its history has been discriminatory and racist. Mark Levin, weeknights at 8 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. AM 1280 The Patriot, in partnership with Inspiration Tours, presents the Stand with Israel Tour. Embark with Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher on an extraordinary 10-day adventure through Israel. The Stand with Israel Tour, October 27th through November 5th. Join your fellow Patriots by signing up today. Book your trip worry-free now through July 6th. Details at am1280thepatriot.com. Your forecast for today, we got a high of 78 and a chance of thunderstorms throughout the day with a low of 64 for tonight. Tomorrow, a high of 84 and a chance of thunderstorms throughout the day again with a low of 66. This is AM 1280 The Patriot. Views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is The Closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast. We'd like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in to our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. If you'd like to leave a comment, question, commendation, or condemnation, feel free. Again, hashtag NarnShow at Twitter. And as always, we appreciate you uh, tuning in. Going to kind of divide the show up a little bit, uh, take the first few segments to talk about some uh, local news. And then in the the second hour, as is tradition on this broadcast, the newly crowned Miss Minnesota always makes her first appearance on the Northern Alliance Radio Network because, well, I kind of got some uh, uh, insider knowledge uh, that I could of how to um, book the first guest appearance. For those of you who have been listening to the show for any length of time, you know that I've been co-hosting annually the Miss Minnesota competition uh, since 2015. And to kind of keep up with tradition, the first media appearance, again, to, for Miss Minnesota is on this broadcast. Uh, newly crowned Miss Minnesota, Ellie Mark, will be joining us at 2.30. So we look forward to chatting with Ellie. Didn't get a chance to talk to her very long after she was crowned Friday evening because, of course, well, there was a a, a crush of family and, and friends and adoring fans all wanting to get photo ops uh, with her. 
And uh, she was about an hour or so into uh, into photo ops before I finally went on stage to congratulate her. Got a quick photo op myself, of course. But look forward to uh, chatting with Ellie a little bit more about what she has planned this upcoming year. Again, that's at 2.30. But don't switch off the show until then. We've got a lot to talk about. And we hope to hear from you again. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Uh, we are lo- staring down the barrel of a potential... Uh, government shutdown here in the state of Minnesota, at least a partial shutdown. Uh, legislators and have until Wednesday evening uh, to uh, complete a uh, budget deal So uh, for, for the next uh, biennium. And if they do not, once the clock strikes midnight, then the government is partially shut down. It sounds like they're making progress, uh, if... Uh, Albeit slow, but it is at least happening. This is from the uh, Star Tribune last evening from Jesse Van Burkle and Ryan Faircloth. Minnesota legislators reached a deal Saturday on the most contentious piece of budget negotiations, a public safety and police accountability package as they face a fast-approaching Wednesday deadline to finish the next state budget and avoid a government shutdown. State leaders continue to move forward this weekend with various spending bills on their list of to-dos, including considering... The why does this always do this? It always refreshes when I'm in the middle of reading something. I apologize, that, folks, including considering the big ticket education and health and human services measures that make up the majority of state spending. And late Saturday, they posted a spreadsheet outlining their public safety spending agreement, although legislative stuff, legislative staff noted they were still resolving some small outstanding issues on the bill. There will be language in the bill regulating the use of no-knock warrants, a key DFL priority, said a source familiar with the agreement. The full bill language was not posted Saturday night, but a document outlining the dollars in the deal shows legislators did not include money for another Democratic push, which is prohibiting police from making traffic stops for certain infractions. Uh, I'm rather rather, uh, confused by that. Uh, why would you, if there's an infraction, whether it be, you know, expired tabs or, you know, I'm assuming that's what they mean, perhaps expired tabs. And that often leads to, you know, once the, uh, license plate number is keyed in, you know, the driver may have an outstanding arrest warrant, which sadly is, was the case with Dante Wright. Now what, what happened to Dante Wright should have never happened. Okay, and some people say, well, had he not been pulled over for this minor infraction, he still would have been alive today. Well, yeah, that that's true. But this idea that we're just going to allow these things to slide, I don't know if that's the if that's the necessary route to go. It's, you know, the, and I don't want to get, get out into the weeds in this, but the Brooklyn Center issue, obviously, uh, when we had our friend of the broadcast, Peter Johnson, on to talk about that after it happened. Uh, there were some real uh, training issues, particularly within the Brooklyn Center Police Department. He spoke intimately about that. So uh, that's another situation entirely. And again, hopefully that issue was addressed in this bill. I'm, I don't know the specific details of it, but uh, that's something that is definitely needed, going to need to be looked into, no doubt about it. Uh, in the days leading up to the public safety deal, leaders from both sides of the aisle had been resolute that they could reach a compromise on the bill, which includes funding for state law enforcement agencies and prisons. The agreement also included $2 million for violent crime enforcement teams, a Republican-backed provision. Legislators pe- uh, passed some key police reform measures last year after George Floyd was killed, but Democrats have said those were just a starting point. After former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin was sentenced Friday to 22 and a half years in prison for murdering Floyd, DFL legislators took to social media to stress that the sentencing is not a substitute for what they see as critical changes uh, to the criminal justice system. So, well, the, the problem with any budget negotiations, and again, we, we seem to face this every budget year and have since as far, you know, I don't remember before 2011, but the year 2011 was you know, Mark Dayton's first full full year in office, and he had an all-Republican legislature, and there ended up being a, a government shutdown. I remember that. I re- In fact, that was the first year I was on the air here, and, and, and that was, the, and I don't, and the government did shut down, and I, I don't think they reached an ultimate agreement until mid to, mid to late July, if I, if I remember right. 
But the classic moment in that was that Governor Dayton was going to go around the state demagoguing uh, the government shutdown and laying the blame at the feet of the all-Republican legislature. And basically no one was showing up at these meetings, and when they were, they say, oh, well, heck, I'd like to meet the governor, like to chat with the governor a little bit. And he shows up there and he talks about government shutdown, and people are like, oh, government shutdown? And so that's when Governor Dayton realizes, yeah, maybe overreached a little bit, and basically he ran back to St. Paul with his tail tucked between his legs and essentially agreed to the uh, initial agreement that the Republicans uh, negotiated with him. So uh, pretty much every budget year, with the exception, a notable exception being 2013, because well, there was all DFL control throughout the entire legislature as well as the governor's office. So they didn't need Republicans, really. They, they pretty much had carte blanche to do whatever they want. But this is kind of how this is going. And when you have a divided legislature or if you have a, one party controlling the entire legislature but the opposite party in the governor's office, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, compromises. And just reading this particular piece, it, it appeared as though the DFL is sorely disappointed in some of the provisions, their, some of their priorities that they wanted in this public safety bill and ended up not getting in it. And we also talked a little bit about last week with uh, Senator Osmek about how uh, the Republicans held firm on no tax increases. It's like, look, this is the, the idea that was that, that subject was even being broached when you have a significant state surplus was was absolutely ludicrous. And as a result, uh, you know, DFL knew that that was a public relations disaster, uh, particularly. You know, in the in the midst of a pandemic and in a time where you know uh, inflation is is out of control, that that was just a not that was just a non-starter. And the DFL knew that they had no positive PR on increasing taxes, so that was ultimately abandoned. And as we excuse me outlined with Senator Osmek last week, uh, there was nearly one billion dollars in total tax cuts uh, through this uh, next uh, through this package. So that. That is indeed some good news. You know, again, at the end of the day, you're going to get a situation where uh, you're this more far right, you know, Tea Party type Republicans, even libertarians, what have you. They're never going to be satisfied with any budget deal that that the Republicans negotiate. It's basically saying, well, the Republicans are are are, are caving. And the fact of the matter, I've never understood that rationale. Say, well, Republicans are caving. You know, there's no difference between the two parties. Well, uh, if you remember when the DFL had carte blanche in 2013, the budget they put together for in that particular year, uh, yeah, to say that that was the same as a budget negotiated when Republicans do have one of the levers in power uh, is absolutely ludicrous. Okay, yeah, it, it's unfortunate that there are some provisions that get in these budgets that you know, are not ultimately not favorable to the citizens, and certainly uh, conservative voters don't look at them as as advantageous. But this is part of having divided government. It's just it's just a sad reality. So uh, I you know again everybody is saying the right things that the uh, they are going to reach an agreement by Wednesday evening, but that's something we'll certainly. Uh, be paying rapt attention to. I also wanted to get to this piece by Tim Pugmire at nprnews.org. Uh, of course, one of the big issues is uh, Governor Walls, uh, for like 15 straight months, I think it's been, has been allowed to have these emergency powers where he unilaterally is able to make decisions in regards to the COVID pandemic, specifically, you know, what businesses are shuttered and, you know, capa- you know capacity limits on certain businesses, churches, what have you. And it's had to come up for a vote every every month. And the way they do it is is kind of confusing. Basically, the the question is posed: you know, do you agree to strip Governor Walls of these emergency powers? And the Republicans always vote yes. Straight party lines, Republicans voted yes. And in straight party lines in the Senate, Democrats have voted no. But in the House. There was always a handful of Democrats last year in particular that voted to, yeah, well, we want to strip Governor Walls of his emergency powers. Well, those same Democrat, those uh, the Democrats that consistently voted yes last year, those that survived reelection in 2020. And again, there weren't many of them, but there were a few. 
Suddenly they're voting, eh, no, we don't want to strip uh, Governor Walls of his emergency power. So now it's strictly along party lines. And then again, this is from Tim Pugmire at NPRnews.org. The special legislative session will not end without another clash over emergency powers Governor Tim Walls used to respond to the COVID-19 pandemic, even though the disagreement now comes down to whether the emergency should be extended by days or weeks. Walls said Friday he will end the emergency on August 1, but Republican Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka said that's not good enough. Gazelka and Senate Republicans added language to a larger state government budget bill that would end the powers on July 1. Uh, This is not something we have to or need to negotiate with the governor. This is a legislative prerogative. Senate Republicans also included language to limit the fines imposed on businesses for violating COVID-19 restrictions to $1,000 and misdemeanors. The changes also uh, the changes throw a wrench into the bill that the House and Senate negotiators already agreed to. Walls contends he needs the powers until August 1 to finish overseeing some aspects of the state's response, including redeploying about 500 state employees. Um, I'm not 100% sure if... This is some if this is a particular hill Republicans are willing to die on and therefore are willing to have government shut down uh, because of this. Uh, I'm going to guess they're not because August 1st, that's a little more than a month away. And the emergency is essentially over starting July 5th. I mean, all sporting venues are going to have 100 percent capacity. If, you know, except the Twins, because they stink, they're not going to have 100% capacity. But <coughs> I digress. That's a non sequitur. But uh, uh, so I, I don't know that this is a, a hill worth dying upon. You know, I think Senator Gazelka is sh- certainly throwing uh, the cons- uh, conservative uh, voters you know, and his fellow legislators a, a bone by making this a, a point of contention. But in the end, I, I don't believe this will be a hill uh, to die on. But first things first. They have to agree to the full budget by Wednesday evening. And we've been down this road before, okay, where it looks like everything's in place, it's done, and then all of a sudden at the last second somebody does some grandstanding. I think it was 2017, if I'm not mistaken, Senator Ron Latz, who I don't know if he's mentioned it in the last hour, went to Harvard. Uh, He decided to broach the issue of public transportation and basically saying if we don't get get dollars for – I think it was Southwest Light Rail, or maybe it was the Botanical Line. Don't remember which. Um, you know, we're 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 not agreeing to this uh, uh, legislation. So uh, that was the point of contention then, four years ago. So you never know what kind of surprise could face us this Wednesday evening. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter hashtag Narn Show hashtag N A R N Show. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. My company is the only one of its kind that provides you with bids on home improvement projects from multiple contractors after one short meeting with me. Hi, it's Ryan with my three quotes. Patriot listeners have been contacting me to find out all the projects I can help them handle. Let's start with doors and windows. Whether you're looking at big brands like Marvin, Anderson, Pella, or local vinyl brands, I can get you the best prices and installers to take care of your needs. And I can't stress how many people have saved thousands of dollars from previous bids they got. Then there's siding. Whether it's James Hardy, LP SmartSide, steel, or vinyl, I can help you design and get the best value in beautifying the exterior of your home. Soffit, fascia, and gutters can also accent any siding project. For roofing, I work with all the major brands of asphalt shingles, and yes, I'm happy to get you quotes on any approved storm damage. For the easiest way to get the most competitive bids with one simple meeting with me, visit GetMy3Quotes.com to set an appointment. That's the number three, GetMy3Quotes.com. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. 
I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients, that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. I appeal to you to fight I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station, and that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at minneapolis.salemsurround.com. Welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions, and as always, we appreciate you tuning in. So speaking of the uh, special session of the legislature, uh, you know, it's to be expected that there is going to be some contentiousness on the floor of either chamber of the legislature, which is the Senate or the uh, or the House, but particularly you're going to get some uh, fireworks in the House. And this was especially in light of uh, you know a lot of uh, testimony regarding uh, some of the uh, budget bills that were being uh, proposed by the DFL majority and Republicans. You know they were standing up making speeches, proposing amendments, what have you. I mean, this is this is part of the process. And they were, uh, you know, accused of you know, being obstructionists or not wanting to forward legislation, even though the DFL, which is the majority, and therefore they control the agenda, didn't really have any, uh, any legislation really even cobbled together. So at this point, it was merely discussion. But we've... Uh, We've often been critical of House Majority Leader Ryan Winkler on this uh, particular broadcast, and and rightly so. I mean, we've we've gone over his history many times, whether it's been referring to a, a Supreme Court justice, a black Supreme Court justice as an Uncle Thomas, or you know, flipping off a Minnesota state senator. Uh, this was last year when not knowing that he was on camera, even though he was on camera, caught flipping him off. Uh, And we talked about this last week, accusing the tanker truck driver. I remember the tanker truck driver that drove onto 35W, not knowing that there were protesters there until he, you know, approached them. Because, you know, when you're driving on a freeway, you don't expect to see it blocked by a mob of people, right? And Ryan Winkler put out on Twitter that, uh, yeah, hey, I heard that guy, uh, that tanker truck driver was... um, I uh, had a uh, Confederate flag and other white supremacist insignia on his cab. You know, just ran just ran with that information, already inflaming a very tense situation. Okay? And this is someone who the DFL puts in charge of their caucus in the Minnesota House. This is this this is a majority leader. This tells you where what their party's priority is. And uh, Jacob, if we have cut number one. Uh, it's about 42 seconds long. A friend of the show, uh, Ann New Brindley, actually put this particular clip on uh, Twitter. And I'll, I'll, I'll read her caption. This is uh, She put this out on Tuesday. 
She said on Monday, Ryan Winkler abused House rules to rudely interrupt GOP women speaking on the floor. Uh, to quote Martin, uh, to quote Majority Leader Winkler himself, men in politics can take it for granted that their voices will be heard. Women in politics can take it for granted that they will be shouted over. So Ryan Winkler being the uh, big feminist hero there, you know, speaking on behalf of women. Women shouldn't have to stand for that being interrupted on the floor. They should get the opportunity to speak just as much as male legislators. Well, in true far left progressive fashion, uh, Tinky Winky can't uh, hold, can't uh, adhere to the standards that he seemingly sets for others. Jacob, cut number one, go. Parliamentary inquiry, Madam Speaker. Representative Winkler, state your point of parliamentary inquiry. Madam Speaker. Because our science is different. Parliamentary inquiry, Madam Speaker. Representative Winkler, state your parliamentary inquiry. Madam Speaker, what is the question before the body? I will remind... It doesn't accidentally go on the bill because their members can't take this vote. They know it's a bad vote. Under the rules of the House, may a member impugn the motives of another member during debate on an issue? We start talking to you about their day. How was your day? Parliamentary inquiry, Mr. Speaker. Uh, Representative Winkler, state your point of parliamentary inquiry. Mr. Speaker, with respect, could you please advise the body on what order of business is before us? So there you have it. Four different Republican women on the House floor. And apparently, Tinky Winky couldn't let them uh, finish finish their statements. I mean, this is this is what, you know, I my uh, friend and colleague Mitch Berg has talked about on this very show. This is what you call urban progressive privilege. Because there is no way, no way, a Republican, male Republican, would have been allowed to, to get away with that. And you know what? Rightly so. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that you should use tactics to interrupt others. There, there was no reason for that. Especially since, by that point, there really wasn't any workable bills that were being presented. So we're still kind of in the, in the, in the debate portion of this. And yet... Ryan Winkler, again, his quote, men in politics can take it for granted that their voices will be heard. Women in politics can take it for granted that they will be shouted over. Well, how ironic is that? Because Tinky Winky made sure his voice was heard, but the GOP women who were speaking on the House floor, nah, couldn't be allowed to even finish your sentences. And kudos to Ann New that the, the, you heard the, uh, the third woman in that audio clip shouting. I mean, it, and, and I know Ann New personally. And is one of the, the kindest people I have ever met. And for her to uh, be that fiery, <laughs> you, you knew something was a, you knew something was askew. I'll just I'll just say that. But kudos to Anne for uh, you know for standing up with what she believes in. But this is again this is all part of the urban progressive privilege that my friend and colleague Mitch Berg talks about. You know you don't have to live up to the standards you set for yourself or, or what other progressives may may put out there. You know, the war on women, you know, equality, you know, Black Lives Matter. If, if you run afoul of, of any of those, uh, of any of those principles, that's eh, all good. As long as you're voting for the right policy and as long as you're advocating for the, for the right other causes and, you know, handing out these pet projects through legislation, supporting the right legislation, eh, those those principles, quote unquote, yeah, they're mere suggestions at that point. That's what that's what urban progressive privilege essentially is, as as how I as how I understand it, and as how Mitch has laid out. Because again, you know, I I really don't like playing this game. Well, if it, if if their roles were reversed and it was a male Republican and these were DFL women, we'd never hear the end of it. But it's true, it's true. We blasted out there. You remember? I think it was. I want to say it was three, four years ago, maybe, is when Ilhan Omar was still in the Minnesota House. She was just a Minnesota House representative at the time, so it had to have been either uh, 2017 or 2018 session because she served as two sessions in the Minnesota House. Uh, She uh, apparently had got up and given a speech, and then uh, Melissa Hortman, who was then in the minority party, got up and and apparently yelled to this... uh, room off to the side where people go and take breaks because when the session gets very long and very arduous and contentious sometimes people go to the room off to the side and you know kind of take breaks take a little respite if they're not scheduled to speak you know why not kind of recharge the battery so to speak and melissa hortman basically called out to these people in this room saying hey hate to interrupt that white male card game that's going on in there but uh 
you know, there's some women out there who are saying some pretty ins- ins- inspirational and important things. Maybe you ought to come out here on the House floor and listen to them. Okay, so if a if a if a white male Republican just goes and takes a break and tries to, you know, get rested up for what was going to be the arduous, long, contentious end of session, you know, they're called out by their race and their gender right on the House floor. Urban progressive privilege. It's a heck of a thing. You want to you you can talk about white privilege all you want. okay? and I'm not going to argue the the merits of that or, or or anything else. But I dare say urban progressive privilege is right now in politics definitely most the most powerful set of pr- powerful pack of privilege that you can have urban progressive privilege who's down with who's down with UPP yeah you know me 651-289-4488 is the number to call you can also weigh in via Twitter hashtag Narn show hashtag N A R N show Brad Carlson the closer coming back with another segment on the broadcast go nowhere. I have a traumatizing childhood memory of an Easter egg hunt. The big hunt was a big deal in our family, and I have this memory of running and excitedly reaching for eggs, only to have my big brother and sister sweep in and steal them at the last second. It's Ryan, and unfortunately, this is a traumatizing reality our Faith and Family Mortgage Team is seeing from families across the country. Families are finding their dream home, only to have it pulled away by another hunter at the last second. At United Faith Mortgage, we unfortunately cannot scare off the other hunters, but we can very quickly get you pre-approved and make it look as good as possible to sellers. And then, once you do grab that Easter egg, see our story and read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Meadow Park Road, Meadow, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Dollar Corporate Animalist Number 1335. Rack Animalist Number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you will receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. People looking to buy a new fence in Minnesota are lucky. Lucky because unlike with other types of purchases, when it comes to buying a new fence, the choice has been made so darn easy. Only one company truly stands above the rest and has for a long, long time. Midwest Fence has not only been around far longer than anyone else and thus is far more experienced, they're the largest fence company in the state, which means Midwest Fence has the greatest variety of fence designs. You won't believe the seemingly endless styles you can choose from these days. And Midwest Fence buys in such bulk they can keep their prices lower than other companies. That's why if you're ready for a fence, you're just plain lucky. The legendary fence company that's been making people smile since Truman was president is but a phone call away and ready to stop out and deliver a free estimate. Your turn to smile, folks. Learn more at MidwestFence.com. Welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Thanks always for tuning in. It's me, Brad Carlson. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. Yeah, I'm closing out uh, weekend programming here. Hence the name, The Closer. You can catch my friend and colleague, King Banyan on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. 
It's 9 to 11 a.m. on Saturdays for the King Banyan Show. As far as I'm concerned, the best uh, show on economics, not only the state of Minnesota, I dare say the United States of America. And right here on this these very airwaves, AM 1280 The Patriot, my friend and colleague Mitch Berg heard every Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. He is the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance. And don't forget our brand new show. It's been going on for about a month now. The Jack Tomzak Show heard immediately after Mitch's broadcast, 3 to 5 p.m., again, right on these very airwaves, AM 1280 The Patriot. And it's me, Brad Carlson, closing out weekend programming every Sunday from 1 to 3 Thank you, as always, for tuning in and for your continued support. And, again, I can't emphasize enough. Be sure to stay tuned to am1280thepatriot.com as well as uh, right here on AM 1280 The Patriot. However you listen to this, uh, these radio broadcasts on these airwaves, because, like we've mentioned many times, we are celebrating the 20th anniversary of WWTC being AM 1280 The Patriot. Now, WWTC, the signal itself, has been around for probably close to a century. But as far as this format, the Patriot, political talk, conservative political talk, we're celebrating our 20th anniversary. So given the COVID pandemic is waning, restrictions are being loosened, as I indicated, uh, we're going to be able to have 100% capacity at all venues uh, starting next week. Uh, we're probably going to have some live and in-person events. I don't have any details for you, but that's why you need to stay tuned again to AM1280ThePatriot as well as AM1280ThePatriot.com. And become a fan club member too, by the way. It doesn't cost you anything, and you get all the emails with all of the updates, some insider information. And I know that in the past we've had events where if you are a fan club member, you get some pretty nice breaks on some of the tickets and some first chance at some of the tickets as well so again can't emphasize enough stay tuned to our uh however you listen to am 1280 the patriot uh, i do want to get to the verdict of Derek chauvin uh this past friday the verdict was handed down sentenced 22 and a half years for the murder of george floyd this is from the star tribune a judge sentenced fired minneapolis police officer Derek chauvin 22 and a half years in prison friday uh, for the murder of George Floyd, a killing captured on a bystander's viral video that pushed a divided nation into unrest and spurred a still unfolding racial reckoning. Hennepin County Judge Peter Cahill noted that the particular cruelty of the crime in delivering the sentence and in a memo expounding on his decision, the judge said Chauvin treated Mr. Floyd without respect and denied him the dignity owed to all human beings. Cahill delivered the sentence after relatives on both sides talked about their personal pain and acknowledged the lasting trauma that reverberated from Floyd's killing. Floyd's family members, their anguished testimony, sometimes halted by tears, pleaded for the maximum sentence. Uh, For the first time, Chauvin himself spoke, expressing his condolences to Floyd's family. Floyd's killing by a white police officer reignited a painful national debate about policing and racial justice, prompting a campaign to radically defund or dismantle some police departments across the country, a debate now raging in Minneapolis. The killing has uh, the killing also altered the debate in business, sports, and popular culture and prompted the removal of more than 160 Confederate monuments and the changing of the name of Washington's NFL team. The sentence offered some closure to the trial, which ended with guilty verdicts in late April. Uh, I believe the maximum sentence on uh, this particular, because remember, uh, they don't run uh, uh, concurrent sentences, you know, because I know he was convicted of uh, third degree murder as well as second degree manslaughter. And people thought, well, he would get the maximum for each of the three charges and boom, it would end up, you know, people on social media, well, he should get 40 years. Well, no, that wasn't going to happen. He was only going to get sentenced based on the most severe charge, which, of course, was the um, uh, the second degree murder. Uh, this is from Andrew McCarthy. He writes at National Review and he was a former uh, former U.S. attorney. Uh, The 22-and-a-half-year sentence that Minneapolis Judge Peter Cahill imposed on former police officer Derek Chauvin uh, for the unintentional murder of George Floyd was about what was expected. That count, technically second-degree murder, was the count with the most severe potential sentence 40 years by statute. 
Now, due to quir- due to some quirks in sentencing law, Chauvin faced 30 years as a practical matter, and that was what prosecutors sought. So the prosecutors were, you know, we're, we're not even going at uh, 40 years. Okay, so it was 30 years. Uh, under Minnesota law, the other two related charges, which carry less severe maximums, third-degree depraved indifference murder and second-degree manslaughter, were subsumed into the top count. Uh, as was discussed, you know, as Andrew McCarthy discussed, uh, it was on a podcast last week. Uh, the statutory exposure is a broad range that applies to any conceivable offender, from the hardened criminal to the person for whom the crime is an aberration in an otherwise law-abiding life. More consequential are the sentencing guidelines, which apply to the specific order based on aspects of offense, conduct, and criminal history. In the case of Chauvin, a first offender, the guidelines called for a sentence of about 12 and a half years. So by, from what Andrew McCarthy says, they actually went beyond that, whereas the maximum would be 30, but the guidelines called for 12 and a half. So it, it appears to me... Just by the layperson, again, can never emphasize enough, no legal beagle. He struck a balance and said, well, we'll, we'll go somewhere in the middle, 22 and a half. And Derek Chauvin, I believe, is 46, 47 now. So he'll be, he'll be about 70 if he ever gets out. And look, the one thing I couldn't help but think about when this sentence was handed down, and there were some people who thought, okay, that's about what we expected. We feel like it should be longer. I mean, Muhammad Noor, he, uh, the a uh, police officer who was uh, found guilty of, of second-degree murder and Justine Diamond, the, uh, the woman in South Minneapolis who was uh, here from Australia. I think he got 12 years, if I'm not mistaken, for the same reason. Second-degree murder, and he was a first offender, guidelines called for about 12 and a half years. Okay? So why did Muhammad Noor get a lighter sentence than Derek Chauvin? Whereas... There was, I mean, the George Floyd case, you could at least argue it started off with a lawful arrest. And no one really denied that. But I think once he was arrested and taken into custody, it was this, it were the the things that were occurred afterwards that the jury uh, was convinced, yeah, this was a commission of a felony because second degree murder is when you kill someone while in the commission of another felony. And my point was always, well, how can... You know, a lawful arrest detaining someone using uh, legal force because police are to a certain, you know, not any kind of force they want, but they do have a certain limit on what kind of force they can use in order to detain someone. I'm thinking, well, you're criminalizing uh, uh, physical force in order to detain someone. But ironically, there was another, there was some other video footage. I think, I think it may have been the body cam footage that was actually used against the officers that showed the specific force Derek Chauvin was using was excessive. And therefore, that could be deemed a felony. And therefore, in the commission of a felony, George Floyd died. There you have it, second-degree murder. But the one thing I can't help but think about is, you know, people say that this particular sentence is unjust, should be a lot more years. And we could debate that if you'd like. But where I will concede is how this compares to some victimless crimes. And we talked a lot about, you know, the set, the unconscionable sentences that were handed down to drug dealers in the war on drugs and how many untold billions have been spent in the war on drugs over the past 40 years. And if you remember, it kind of came to a head in 1986. In fact, we just surpassed the 35 year anniversary of the death of Maryland basketball star Len Bias. And because of that, because it put a face to the drug problem that was plaguing uh, people in the 1980s because it was so ubiquitous and and, and relatively uh, readily available, Len Bias, who was this second overall pick in the NBA draft, was going to go to the world champion Boston Celtics, and the day after he gets drafted, going to realize a childhood dream of playing in the NBA, uh, he dies of a drug overdose. And as we are wont to do, particularly uh, elected officials are wont to do. They take a national tragedy, a world tragedy that, that is gaining worldwide headlines, and want to capitalize on it and seize on it. And in 1986, it was a mid, it was the midterm elections. It was an election year, so they decided, hey, we're going to crack down on these drugs. And it turns out they sought testimony 
of someone who was supposedly working in the police department, a local jurisdiction, I I don't remember if it was Washington, D.C. or what, he was kind of their expert narc, so to speak. And he spoke and indicated that, you know, this amount of drugs could cause this kind of severe damage. And it turns out the guy was a complete fraud. He didn't have the education or background to credibly testify. And they didn't learn this until after they passed these laws where they were basically handing out sentences where you locked up offenders and throwing away the key for an amount of drugs that ended up could fill a package of sweet and low. And some of these offenders were getting unconscionably long sentences for, you know, relatively speaking, for victimless crimes. And you're talking 30 to 40 years. So if you want to talk about sentencing guidelines in this particular case with with Derek Chauvin, that's fine. We can have that debate. But I think what we really need to address is maybe this sentence was about right, but the sentences you're comparing it to, you know, for people who are uh, slinging drugs, getting 30 to 40-year sentences, maybe that's what we ought to take a closer look at. And I know that in the Trump administration, there was some pretty historic criminal justice reform that was put into place, and it definitely was a start. So I think that's what we're that's kind of what people were talking about. Oh, wow, look at this! Some guy who uh, is involved in a drug ring. You know, you can. And again, I don't want to get in debate about whether you know selling drugs is a victimless crime or not. You can make a debate where it's not so victimless. Okay, but. The idea that you're going to put it on par with second-degree murder and even sentencing uh, years exceeding that, which is for second-degree murder, I think that is what we need to look a lot closer at. So, um, again, there, this was uh, 22 and a half years handed out to Derek Chauvin, millions, of, you know, and, pe- and people on the other side said, well, you know, he's going to go away until he's age 70 by the time he gets out, if he survives prison. He's going to be an old man. He's not going to be a dangerous society. This was his first offense, you know, but, and whereas George Floyd's family got millions upon millions of dollars and that, you know, all that is true, but it doesn't change the fact that someone they loved, you know, George Floyd had a family who loved him and they miss him and his life mattered. Okay. Whether, you know, and again, this is what has always bothered me about this debate is how we're impugning George Floyd's character. Yeah. He was an unsavory character. Okay, yeah, he had a very, very checkered past, had some prison time, violent crimes, no doubt about it. But again, I can't emphasize enough that doesn't give the police officer right to be judge, jury, and executioner. It just doesn't. So we need to kind of put that part of the debate to rest, and hopefully something like this is uh, something we could use to move forward and have this healing that so many uh, people desire or at least have an open and honest conversation we're always talking about an open and honest conversation but if there's something that's broached that someone else doesn't want to hear it's all too often shouted down so we need to really expand ideas on this so uh to summarize Derek Chauvin sentenced 22 and a half years in prison he'll be again age 70 when he gets out who's to say if he would be eligible for parole earlier if he demonstrates good behavior who knows about that but this is something people are going to keep an eye on for a long, long time, no doubt about it. Uh, one final segment this hour with me, Brad Carlson, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. One final segment this hour with me, Brad Carlson. Go nowhere. No, I can't swig that sweet champagne. I'd rather drink beer all night in a tavern or in a home. AM 1280, The Patriot. Voice over zany sound effect. Uh, we were gonna write a flashy promo about streaming us at radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple too. Listen to the Patriot on the free radio.com app. Temperatures are rising. What will help you feel comfy and cool all summer long? A giant glass of iced tea, a fruity popsicle, a swim in the lake, or $850 in instant savings on a new air conditioner or ductless system from Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Take advantage of the Standard Heating Summer AC Sale. Instantly save $850 off a new AC unit or ductless system. These savings are here to keep you feeling cool and comfy all summer long. 
Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is a family-owned and operated business with 91 years of serving the seven-county metro, servicing over 500,000 homes. Take advantage of these summer savings on an AC or ductless system. Ask your sales rep about these amazing June savings. Hurry, these offers end June 30th. Go to standardheating.com for more details. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, providing the comfort you deserve since 1930. That's standardheating.com. Mention the Patriot. Standardheating.com. Do you need a new battery for your lawnmower, boat, or motorcycle? Full Service Battery offers the lowest prices on batteries in town. Need batteries for your golf cart? Full Service Battery will recycle your old ones and even install the new batteries. Let local, family-owned Full Service Battery put their over 20 years of experience to work for you. They can even custom build a battery cable if you need it. There's only one name you need to remember for batteries, and that's Full Service Battery. Search them online, Full Service Battery. Hi, break time? I know you. I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. It seems like you take care of yourself. I do. I play tennis. I try to eat well. What about screening for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. Colon cancer is more treatable when it's caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and is used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit requestcologuard.com. I'm on it. Excellent. AM 1280, The Patriot, and iHeartRadio. They go together like freedom and the Second Amendment. Listen at iHeart.com or with the free iHeartRadio mobile app. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Me, Brad Carlson. Thanks so much for tuning in. One final segment of this hour. Uh, I apologize to Vincent. I didn't get to his inquiry. He's not on the phone. Uh, but he was asking if kids are still wearing masks in school for summer school or this fall. Uh, my wife is actually a school teacher, and I know uh, they didn't feel, I mean, already pretty much the mask mandate had been lifted because of the CDC's guidance, but schools still were mandating them through the end of the school year. So summer school, I don't believe so, uh, Vincent, but this fall, uh, sounds like they're going to be gone altogether. So uh, there you have it. Uh, appreciate the uh, appreciate the call as always, Vincent, uh, and always tuning in. I want to do get to this audio clip from uh, President Biden from this past week. Uh, he was uh, obviously wanting. They can't ignore it anymore. The Democrats can't ignore it anymore. The escalation in violent crimes, and it runs concurrent with also their calls to defund the police or some are even calling for abolishing the police altogether. I mean, you've got the squad in Congress that says a police force is irreparable. It's just rooted with racism. We just got to get rid of it altogether. And when you're saying that while violent crime continues to rise, that's not a good look. And so the president couldn't ignore it anymore, had to stem the tide. And uh, they go to their old, uh, old reliable uh, talking about gun control and how they need to uh, stem the tide of this uh, gun violence, which I'm not going to argue is out of control. Okay, and I'm a big-time Second Amendment supporter myself, but a lot of these provisions they propose time and time and time and time again are not original, would not have stopped any uh, mass shooting that they refer to. But nevertheless, they keep trotting out all the chanting points. Uh, so here's an interesting, uh, this is from uh, President Biden, this past uh, Wednesday, I believe this was, uh, talking about um, addressing those gun owners who are saying that, hey, this is our uh, Second Amendment right and we should be able to defend ourselves against a tyrannical government. It comes to that. Uh, President Biden, cut number two, three, whatever it is. The Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could Not own. true. You couldn't buy a cannon. Those who say the blood of the the blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff you know about the thing, how we're yeah. going to have to move <laughs> against the government. 
Well, the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there are never been, if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. The point is that there's always been the ability to limit, rationally limit the type of weapon that can be owned and who can own it. So uh, the quote, first of all, the quote that uh, President Biden was referring to came from Thomas Jefferson, where he says the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. And what he's referring to sp- specifically is when you are declaring your independence and declaring your freedom and liberty from another country, okay, uh, tyrants aren't going to let you go that easily, right? And we fought many wars in the name of freedom. And it says, yeah, as patriots, we're going to lose our lives for the battle of freedom. It requires an eternal vigilance. Freedom isn't free. And those who have never fought to protect freedom don't really understand what goes into protecting it. I certainly don't. I never served in the military. I've never had to fight overseas. But I've read enough history to know that, yeah, people are willing to put their lives on the line in order to preserve freedom. And if they don't get to live to enjoy it, knowing what they've left behind, it's that big of a cause to them. And this idea, and by the way, Did you hear the part about the nuclear weapons? Well, you need F-15s and nuclear weapons to take on the government. Uh, President Biden went full Eric Swalwell. You never go full Swalwell. All right. You remember Eric Swalwell? Uh, He was called out on Twitter a few years back when uh, he was, you know, he's a big gun control advocate. And someone said to him, you know, Representative Swalwell, if you want a war, that's what you're going to get because you're out of your mind. If you think I'm going to give up my rights and give the government all the power. And Swalwell replied in a tweet, Well, it will be a short war, my friend. The government has nukes, too many of them, but they're legit. So I'm sure if we talked, we could find common ground to protect our families and our communities. So basically, yeah, you don't give up your guns. Yeah, we're not above using nukes. I mean, honest to God, do you think the military is made up of a bunch of people who, by the way, swore to defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, would actually deploy nukes against fellow citizens? I... Lunacy. Absolute lunacy. And by the way, uh, the Second Amendment was in place for people to be able to protect themselves with a type of weaponry uh, from used by those from whom they need protection. Okay, that was the spirit of the Second Amendment. It has nothing to do with muskets. That's, a, that, that's what people keep, that's a tired old chanty point they want to keep using. So uh, <laughs> President Biden goes full swallow. And I'll, I'll just leave you with this. Remember the insurgency on January 6th? Despicable act, hundreds of people unarmed taking over the Capitol. If you listen to progressives, they say that these people were almost took over the government. Well, then what do you need nuclear weapons for if these people, unarmed people, almost took over the government? Doesn't make much sense to me. Hour number one in the books, hour number two coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Okay, folks, it's time to turn screen time into dream time, vision boards into action plans, and some days into todays. Minnesota is home to more than 10,000 lakes, 130 waterfalls, 22 registered scenic byways, and two designated dark sky sanctuaries. It's a place where Prince reigns king and dining is divine. So whether you're looking for the northern lights or city lights, Monet or Chardonnay, find your true north only in Minnesota. ExploreMinnesota.com. Hey, Mark Davis from my friends at Soda Weight Loss, sodaweightloss.com. Soda stands for state of the art. It is a program you can get on and succeed because it's not starvation. It's not deprivation. My own producer, Rhonda K. Moreland, lost 63 pounds three years ago. That weight is gone and it's not coming back. Mark, I can't believe it's been three years since I started my soda journey and I actually call it letting go of 63 pounds because it's not coming back. It hasn't come back in over two and a half years. It only took me five months, 21 weeks to let go of 63 pounds. And I've been able to keep it off in a nice, healthy way. And I'm supported constantly by my soda nutritionist that I go in. When I originally started, they came in, they put together a health plan that's kept me going for the entire past three years of my life. Check the reviews. See the before and after videos. Do soda at home nationwide. Click sodaweightloss.com. Soda. It's state of the art. 
Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-860-4610. 800-860-4610. That's 800-860-4614. Get that back check attack. Pick it up or take it out, RackShackToGo.com or RackShackDelivery.com. It's so easy. Hey, you've been working hard. Half the staff is gone and your crew needs a lift. Go to RackShackToGo.com for pickup or RackShackDelivery.com and we'll bring it out to you. It's America's food and the right thing to do. Get that RackShack attack, RackShack barbecue, Ooh. AM 1280, The Patriot, (gasps) www.